Well, howdy. It's Dave Johnson. Hope you're doing well. I'm a realtor and here with yet another episode of how to sell a home for the highest price. And this time we're not even going inside your home. We're just going to be out front. We're going to be out front judging your home. It's time to talk about curb appeal. This is How to Sell a Home for the Highest Price, a podcast specifically designed to get you the highest price for your home. A step-by-step guide to making all the right moves as you move and avoid all the pitfalls that can cost you tens of thousands. Here's the host of How to Sell a Home for the Highest Price, global real estate advisor, Dave Johnson. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Jackie Lucky. Ladies and gentlemen, Jackie Lucky. Uh, thank you very much for joining us here on How to Sell a Home for the Highest Price, the podcast that uh, you follow these tips, you can save thousands when you sell your home. Certainly a seller's market in a lot of the country, certainly the case here in Reno, Nevada, where I am a realtor for Sierra Sotheby's International Realty. Again, I'm Dave Johnson. Thanks so much for tuning in to our weekly jaunt down selling a home lane. That was pretty stupid. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, before we get started with uh, the information on this week's podcast about curb appeal, I wanted to first say a huge thank you. I mean, I am blown away. First uh, f- first off, I'm blown away by the technology of podcasts and what you can track and what you can tell based on all the stuff, all the behind the scenes uh, data that we get. When you are a podcaster, it's pretty amazing to see what people are interested in, what they listen to and respond to, and it's pretty wild to see where they're listening from. Now, as I've said before, I live in Reno, Nevada. I've been here for about, oh, I guess, eight-ish years now, I think, seven and a half, something like that. Uh, Before that, I lived in Vegas for two years, and then the rest of my life was in Kansas City, Missouri. So, Midwestern at heart, but loving where I live now here in Reno, but, uh, so, honestly, I figured once I started this podcast, I'd get some people in Reno, and I'd get some people in Kansas City, and maybe a few other people along the way, that'd be great. I've been shocked, and again, thank you for listening, it's certainly appreciated, I do appreciate it, and please subscribe if you haven't subscribed, I would would certainly appreciate that, but get this, There, there are listeners... And here's the long list. In Texas, in Florida, in Michigan, in Virginia, in Washington, in Colorado, all the way up in Alaska. Thank you, Alaska. And I guess we're internationally known now because we've got listeners in Brazil, in France, and in Germany. I'm like, what? I never envisioned that. So certainly... uh, Beyond humbled, and uh, thank you very much for tuning in. Certainly appreciated. Uh, and again, uh, hopefully, I, I honestly don't know uh, what the housing world is even like in those other countries. I barely know what it's like in the United States. Just kidding. But uh, but man, in other countries, I hope this information is valuable. I assume, I guess it is. I don't know how universal a lot of it is. So I may have to change my approach to a more global outlook, but no. Uh, We're honestly uh, mostly focused on the United States because that's what I know, but I do appreciate uh, everybody else who's tuned in across the world, 
It's just so weird to say still. And I grew up, you know, on TV and radio. I was uh, started in radio when I was in high school and went on to TV news. And so I'm used to, you know, talking to people from all over the place. But this is pretty wild uh, to have a podcast globally. Anyway, appreciated. And let's move on with uh, this week's uh, topic, which is curb appeal. It's quite simple. I mean, it sounds very simple, but if you drive down any neighborhood street in where whatever city, in whatever part of the world you live, you can definitely tell some traits of the homes that are just desirable to you. And that honestly is what you need to focus on when it comes to curb appeal. So drive around, take a look at what you like, what you don't like. Whether you like, you know, a lot of landscaping or a little, those are preferences really based on taste. But I'm talking drive around and just look at the things that are kind of simple and easy to maintain. And that's a big step towards great curb appeal. Because I promise you, and I've mentioned this before on prior podcasts, if you don't have curb appeal, you're going to have people just drive away from your home and they'll never even walk in to give it a chance, even if the inside is amazing. I, I, I've droned on and on about this on a prior podcast, I remember, because I vividly remember the vision in my head of being in this, at this house that I did, I think, five or six open houses for when I was first starting in real estate. I was doing them for my broker and a friend of mine, and the... The most memorable thing about that house is that it was in a cul-de-sac and it looked onto the like the living room had this huge window that looked right down onto the street. And I cannot tell you how many people slow did the slow roll. They s- slowly rolled by in their car. Often they would stop and then they would just drive right on. And that wasn't because, you know, they looked up the price or something online. They had they already knew the price because they had already looked up the house. That's how they knew to go there. Or they, you know, they could have seen my open house signs. I guess that's true. But honestly, they didn't want to go in because they did not like what was outside. And I remember that house and I remember that cul-de-sac. There were cars parked all over it. Some of them even parked with like... Uh, with the, the car going not the direction of, of uh, you know, parking against the street. I don't know if that makes sense, but like they were parked all wonky and dumb. And anyway, th- that was one of the drawbacks. But the, also the house, the exterior of the house just had no appeal. It was just like not well taken care of and it just kind of looked nah. And so many people drove away. Did They did the slow drive-by or they would stop, take a look kind of talk amongst each other, and then they leave. I would say on that house, and again, I did five or six open houses to that place, spent probably 20 hours in that deal, uh, but I would say a good 30 to 40% of the people that drove into that cul-de-sac drove out without ever coming in that house. That should really drive home the importance of curb appeal, and you can do some very simple things to really up the numbers of people that are willing to come in your house, especially with, you know, a global pandemic. That's a whole nother problem. Uh, They really have to be committed if they're going to go in your house. So you better start with some great curb appeal. So that's why we're here. So there you go. So step number one, and when it comes to curb appeal, according to moi, is 
very simple, but get rid of the weeds. Get rid of any of the growth. You know, you sometimes see little, you know, weeds growing between the seams of a concrete uh, driveway or asphalt or the walkway leading up to the house or on the sidewalk outside the house. Get it. It's like five bucks to go get a bunch of, uh, you know, weed killer, grass killer, whatever, and just spray the heck out of it. You know, a month before you're going to list your house and get rid of all of those growths and weeds on your lawn, weeds in your driveway, weeds on the sidewalk, wherever, get rid of them. It is a simple, tiny thing. And if you don't have weeds, eh, no big deal. Nobody's going to be like, oh, look at this. Their driveway is so clean. But if you do have weeds, it can definitely send a signal that like, oh, this house isn't very well taken care of. It seems weird. It seems subtle, but it's very true. Just get rid of the weeds. It will go a long way. I promise you. Okay. Next up, do some repairs around the house when it comes to that driveway. Do some caulking. Do some, like, honestly, if we were putting our house on the market today, our we have a step uh, that comes into our house uh, from the driveway that is just falling apart. There's little you know rocks and pebbles all the time that are falling off this thing. And it's honestly not safe probably right now, but uh, certainly not safe to have guests come in all the time at showings, uh, let alone, you know, when winter comes and it's a little bit slick too. So get that stuff fixed. If you have uneven pavement, if you have issues with the pavement, get those minor issues fixed, get out some tar, get out whatever repairs need to be done. And again, if you don't want to do it, just hire somebody to do it. It's not that expensive, but take care of those little things when it comes to cracks on the driveway. Because trust me, you're not going to want to take care of cracks in the foundation, but if people see a ton of cracks, they're going to freak out. But if they only see one or two, it's going to be much more easy to swallow and much more likely for them to make an offer on your home for top dollar. So fix the uh, driveway, fix the the sidewalks, not only of the weeds, but also any cracking or, uh, and I honestly, I don't, because you, you can't put concrete on concrete. I don't even, I haven't even researched yet how to fix like my step. Uh, you know, if, so if you know, send me an email. I guess I could just YouTube it or something. Everything's on Google these days. But uh, so I, if you don't know, I mean, I'm busy with real estate. I don't have time to mess with that. So yes, I will hire it out very happily and employ someone for half a day to fix that step. So I suggest you do the same because again, that tiny little fix can not only you know help you avoid a lawsuit if somebody trips and falls, but also it just shows that you care about your property and that you are you know doing the right things to make sure you're providing a great home for the next owner. Okay, next up when it comes to curb appeal is paint your front door with a nice, fresh pop of color. Nothing crazy. Don't go cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs and do it fluorescent yellow. That's not what I'm saying here. But uh, and, and honestly, here's another example. Uh, our front door definitely needs some, uh, some attention. It's like it's a heavy wood door, but it needs some waterproofing. It could use uh, some paint. It's just kind of a dark wood color. Um, I don't even know if that's a color, but anyway, it's brown. It's kind of a faded brown. But yeah, we could uh, definitely uh, give our front door a pop of color. But I mean, we're not planning on you know selling our home anytime soon. But our door is a perfect example of looking um, not ready for prime time, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, if we were selling our house, we would definitely have to spend a little bit of time uh, sealing 
the front door and painting it. Not necessarily in that order, but yeah, giving it a fresh, you know, pop of color. And, you know, if you don't know anything about colors, talk to somebody who does. You can go to any of the big uh, hardware stores and uh, even look at kind of color palettes and decide, okay, this is basically the color of our house. What would look good with our color, but give it something uh, a little jazz, jazz up your front door. I mean, honestly, if we were uh, painting ours right now, we need to paint our house. It's ugly to me. Um... But if we were painting our front door, I would kind of paint it like a deep blue, maybe. But not maybe not so deep. Give it a little bit of brightness. I don't know. But uh, just give it something to kind of stand out. And, and also, it, it, when you have a fresh coat of paint on the front door, it looks so much, you know, more fresh with no, you know, nicks and cuts and whatever in the front door. A fresh coat of paint uh, across your entire house is certainly great, but especially on the front door, it definitely is a more welcoming touch to uh, make sure you not only in, have a nice inviting color, but you don't have any of those old scars of an old door. So a fresh coat of paint on the front door is certainly, certainly advisable. And I mentioned this, you know, driving around and and driving around not only your neighborhood but other neighborhoods, and and I would suggest going a little high end. Go look at homes that are you know three four hundred thousand dollars more than your home, and get some ideas from their landscaping. You don't have to do every bit. You don't have to do the you know the whole nine yards, but you can you get one or two ideas. It can definitely jazz up your front yard. And make your home look so much better from the outside. And one easy way to do that uh, as you drive through those neighborhoods is just snap a picture. You're going to look like a creepy stalker, but just do it quick and move on. Nobody's going to be the wiser in most cases. You'll probably end up on a ring doorbell uh, video or something online. But, you know, I'm just kidding. Uh, But no, take some pictures. even if you have to go out alone and then show your, you know, your um, your significant other, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, if you have to show them pictures later, uh, then yeah, do that. But I mean, if just take a few pictures. And, and if you can't get out and drive around, just go online and look up. You can search the word curb appeal probably and you'll get some great ideas of uh, the great looking exteriors of homes. So use your online resources. Use your in-person resources. I kind of personally would rather advise you to go drive around because it's your area. If you search online, you're going to see things that may look great but aren't necessarily right for your part of the country. Uh, excuse me, or the world, I guess, because we're international now. Uh, but <laughs> but <laughs> drive around and, uh, you know, take a look at what's working at other places and steal one or two uh, ideas. And uh, one huge issue is if you've got, you know, shrubbery or bushes or small trees or whatever, trim them down. You don't have to go crazy and cut them down and uh, cut deforest your, your friggin' yard. But if you do have, you know, some shrubbery, clean it up a bit. And and trust me, you could spend two hours on a weekend kind of tidying up the shrubbery issue. And it will make your house look so much better from the street and uh, give that curb appeal. So, and the sad part is I am guilty of each and every one of these problems. But again, I'm not listing anytime soon. My neighbors probably hate my guts and, you know, sorry. 
Uh, but we got two small kids and a busy life and a crazy real estate business right now. So, uh, daddy ain't got time for that. Okay. <laughs> but so, uh, you know, we'll work on it. Actually, we are working on uh, cutting down a bunch and we're actually going to rent a, uh, what do you call it? A chipper, a wood chipper. Uh, I was going to do a dumpster, but we've got these, uh, tall, thin plants called, I think they're called pyracanthes and they have thorns all over those bastards. Oh, they suck. Uh, but they, they surround our backyard and they've grown up so tall that I've had to start just cutting them down. I'm trying to thin them out. But when you have a ton of those, uh, you know, remnants of these plants, they don't they don't compact well into like a dumpster because we've rented one dumpster before to not only get rid of some of those but some other junk. But uh, they just don't com- uh, compress well in a dumpster. So we're going to rent a wood chipper, uh, chipper, and we need to we're going to use some of the rubbish, I guess they say, uh, for those Brits listening. Uh, we're going to use some of that rubbish to uh, kind of negative terrace our house to make sure the water doesn't flow right in the house. And if you don't know what negative terracing is, it's basically a small slope that uh, feeds water away from your house instead of towards it. So just a, you know, small little hill, you know, maybe uh, you just want to make sure you have earth that's, uh, excuse me, that's not, uh, you know, allowing water to come in. You want it to kind of slope up against the house instead of you know water being able to just go right into your foundation so that's basically what negative terracing is so we're going to use a bunch of the uh, mulch ground up um, rubbish to um, kind of use some of that along the edge of the house where water could potentially come in and uh, cause problems in our garage so anyway there you go Uh, but honestly you spend a tiny bit of time on trimming down the shrubs and bushes and trees in your front yard, it will go a long way in getting people into your home. I mean, because it is shocking to see homes with terrible curb appeal. And, and trust me, take it from somebody who is in homes for sale all the time. I see people slow down. They kind of are like, eh, this place doesn't look all that great. It could be immaculate inside. You could have, you know, uh, naked dancers inside with a beer on, uh, with beer on tap, but no, they're just they keep driving because it looks like hell from the outside. So, pro- I promise you, curb appeal is hugely important. And trust me, if you don't want to do any of this stuff, you can you can hire it out for a pretty fair rate to get a bunch of this stuff done, and uh, and it'll just go a long way. Uh, I just thought of another problem. Like we have a broken. Um, window that's not a huge issue it's we have like a ton of windows on the front of our house and the one that i'm thinking of is not really um you couldn't really see it if you didn't know uh from the street but that's another example don't let that stuff go if you're putting your house on the market get that window fixed because trust me you'll get sick of hearing about it in every inspection report and you have to put it on your seller's disclosure and all this stuff just fix it before that way it's not even a thing Hopefully that helped. Uh, one other tip before I go with the curb appeal is if you do have, uh, and I think of, uh, I really hope this guy doesn't listen to this podcast, but this guy that lives very close to our house here in Reno, he has had his house on the market for literally, I'd say six or seven months. And he, 
I don't know what the inside of the house looks like. I have never been in. I do have no desire to go in. And it's mainly because he has a collection of Chrysler LeBarons in his front yard. And that sounds like a joke, but it's not. If you have something like that, or even if you have, you know, Aunt Mabel's old car parked in front of your house, you know, to do her a favor, get rid of that too, because that sounds crazy, but that that having that car gone increases your curb appeal. And the, the Chrysler Baron guy, I'm not kidding, he probably has one, two, three, four, five, at least five or six Chrysler Barons outside of his front door, outside, like on his, you know, in the street in front of his house and in his driveway. They're everywhere. Some of them are covered with like tarps, like car covers, but it still, it looks ridiculous. And now there's a giant sign in his yard that says, fabulous views for sale or whatever. And it's like, get rid of the cars, dude. That's going to go a long way. But uh, unfortunately, when, uh, you know, somebody else, when, you know, that, that seller, that guy, with the, we'll call him Mr. LeBaron, when uh, Chrysler LeBar- LeBaron guy has a realtor, and he's, you know, got an agreement with a realtor to sell his house. Uh, as a re- another realtor, I can't go up and tell him, "Hey, dude, you could really sell your house if you just move these damn cars." I'm not even allowed to talk to them, and you know, I appreciate that rule and I follow that rule because it's basically it's on their realtor to tell them the do's and don'ts of what they need to do to get their house sold. So it's not my place because what can happen is if I give him advice. And then he's like, you know what? My realtor sucks now that I think about it. I want to hire you. Well, that's not the way you want to get business. So it's technically not ethical for me to go up and tell him that. But I can tell you that here because uh, I don't even know this guy. But anyway, get rid of if you've got, you know, uh, half a car uh, on the side of your house or, you know, you got, uh, like I said, Aunt Mabel's car out front. Get rid of those if you can because it will help a ton in uh, getting more cash for your house. So hopefully those tips helped when it comes to curb appeal and hopefully we'll be out of this global pandemic soon so we all can, can all go back to a normal life. Huh? Wouldn't that be nice? Well, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, again, I'm Dave Johnson and hopefully these tips helped. We'll see you next week on how to sell a home for the highest price. Look for new episodes of How to Sell a Home for the Highest Price every Monday and click subscribe so they'll show up for you automatically and get on the right track to saving yourself a load of cash by making the right moves when you're ready to sell. And if you need help finding a quality real estate agent in your area, just contact Dave at www.justplaindave.com.